1: Hello, hello. Hey, Alex, how are you? Good. It seems like there was some miscommunication. I'm very sorry about that.
0: Yeah, no problem. I wasn't sure if uh, the person I was communicating with actually got the link. I never used the Calendly thing. So
1: um, anyway, I'm glad we're getting a chance to talk. Yes, me too. We're here now. We're here Um, now. Yeah, excellent. Uh, How's your day going otherwise?
0: It's going well, yeah. I was just uh, doing some work this morning, uploading some art.
1: How about yourself? That's great. Yeah, I mean, all is going well here. We've been really uh busy right now. We're rewriting our entire website. So that's been oh, wow. the focus of uh my days. It's really a great process. It's fun. Haven't done anything like this in a few years. So yeah. Well,
0: tell us about it. I, I'm I'm interested. Are you kind of well, giving the whole site a makeover?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I guess it kind of uh flows into what we'll talk about. Our site was founded in 2006, and at the time, we built everything from scratch. The internet and e-commerce has changed so much in that time frame. And so uh, we're working now on uh, reworking the design of our site as well as a lot of the technology, because if you can believe it, since 2006, we've been using the same foundation and architecture of the site. So over time... Yeah, we've built on it and it's been quite successful for us. But I think uh, we've reached the point now where it's time to rework some of the parts of what we do. And really, uh, software as a service has come about in the last couple of years in a way that's kind of amazing. Uh, Instead of us having to build everything as a custom application, we can now use a lot of what's out there. And uh, there's some really great technologies that we weren't able to take advantage of. It's been fascinating, too, talking to our web developers about things that we thought we were doing so special, and they explained to us, well, actually, now this is a pretty standard feature. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool.
0: You were pioneers.
1: Yeah, uh, in some ways, definitely pioneers in the online art space. And I think e-commerce has come a long way, too. Uh, when we first started out, it wasn't that common for people to buy groceries online or cars or anything like that. And now we buy everything on the internet. And art is kind of one of those final frontiers. People become really comfortable with that in the last few years.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think everything is growing so exponentially. Like I just got a new phone and it's just absurd how much space you can have on your phone now. I have more space on my phone than I had in my computer just a few years back. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, first of all, we're going to back up a little bit. We're here with Alex Farkas. Is that how you say your name? That's how you say my name, yeah. Alex Farkas, the co founder or founder of U Gallery Online. And you're also the gallery director. Is that correct? That's correct. So, why don't you? Well, you're based in San Francisco also, right?
1: Yes, I am.
0: Yeah, nice. How's the weather been over there? We've got some really crazy heat wave about uh, two weeks ago. It was like super humid and 111 degrees here in the valley. Was it? Did you get some of that in San Francisco? San Francisco
1: is the best weather. I love it here. I came from Arizona. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's always about the same weather within 10 degrees or so. And that's nice. i nice right near Golden Gate Park. So I take a walk every day with my son and we enjoy mostly the cool weather, the fog, a little bit of sun, but it's been beautiful here. We call this our Indian summer. So this is when the weather's super nice and we spend time outside mostly. Oh, that's nice. That's nice to hear. So you have uh, one son, or do you have more? I have one son. He's uh, just about one years old. Uh, so, oh, cool! Uh, Congratulations! Yeah, thank you so much. It's been yeah. a great year so far. He's uh, adorable, as you can imagine.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Well, we're gonna get into a little bit later of I like the aspect of you gallery being a family business, and we'll yeah. kind of we'll get into that a little bit. But I want to start off at the beginning, like we always do, which is origin story. So, if you want to take us through your origin story how you got interested in art how that kind of became you gallery you can take as long as you want and uh, tell us as much or as little as you want
1: wonderful well I grew up in a little arts town in northern Arizona my mom was a potter and a gallery owner and my uncle's a sculptor so I really like most people who are involved in arts I grew up around it and then I went to the University of Arizona where I studied Uh, Art history and also I went into the entrepreneurship program there in the business school and it was a really cool experience because while I was studying in the art school, I was talking to my uh, business partners in the business program about all the talented young artists I knew who were having this difficult time making a leap from being student artists to professional artists and The entrepreneurship program at the school is really cool. Over the course of a year, they help you come up with an idea, teach you how to pitch it, write a business plan, and then ultimately you get to go to some case competitions. And so we came up with this idea where we would create an online gallery for emerging artists where they could reach new clients, kind of get that foothold and launch their careers And the school loved the idea, so they helped us along. And we were sent to a couple business plan competitions, the premier one in the US and an international one in Canada. And kind of amazingly, we won both competitions. Oh, really? Yeah, there was cash prizes. And so we got to the end of our senior year of school and had a little bit of seed money. So uh, one of my partners and I decided to put that money to work, plus pretty much every other cent in our bank account, and we launched UGallery. So we, we started wow. that in 2006. We rented a little house in Phoenix and went to work building the business. Nice. Instead
0: of doing it in uh, San Francisco or Silicon Valley, you did it out of Arizona and out of an
1: Arizona garage instead. That's right. We started early in Arizona. And after the first year, my partner moved to New York and that helped us establish that East Coast market a little bit more. And then shortly after, I moved up here to San Francisco, which helped us establish a little bit more of the business here. And we found Phoenix was such a great place to start because cost of living was inexpensive and the services we needed. And then as the company grew, it was nice to be in these bigger centers. We had access to more artists for one. And then also, it was a great place to be in terms of making connections for marketing and technology and everything else. Definitely.
0: Yeah. The last couple of trips I made with my wife were to San Francisco and then we just got back from New York. So we hit both coasts. And one of the beauties of of doing all this is not only was it easier for you to start in Arizona, you know, more cost effective, but now for artists, you can do it from anywhere. I mean, I've been selling my work online for almost a decade now and you can be anywhere in the world. Do you accept international artists as well?
1: We do. We work with mostly uh, artists in the U.S., but I'd say something like 15 percent of our artist roster is international and all over everywhere from Europe to Asia uh, and in between. So pretty cool. Uh, The Internet connects people in such interesting ways. And now, especially with having good systems for our fulfillment and how we get art from point A to point B, it's really easy to send pieces around the world. We have clients in every state and 50 countries around the world. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I think I've shipped to about 26 countries myself. And and it's just amazing to have your work all over the world. And um, it's great that you're giving artists that opportunity. So wh- why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do now? I know you founded it and you got that off the ground. What are you doing on a, on a daily basis as the gallery director?
1: Yeah, great question. First and foremost, I'm in charge of the artistic direction of the gallery, so I choose all of the artists and the artworks we show. We're fully curated like most traditional galleries, so we seek out artists when we go to shows and um, always keeping an eye out for people we see online that we like. And then we also receive applications every week. So I choose the artists that we present and then each artist uploads their work to you gallery and we select the pieces that we show. So I do that side of the business and then I oversee the operations piece of the company. So um, that's everything to do with fulfillment and uh, client outreach and everything like that. I work with a few of our team members and um, that keeps me pretty busy. And then, like I said, as the uh, kind of co-founder, I'm also in charge of the large vision of the company, the 30,000 foot level where we're going. This yeah. Kind of site rewrite work, we're doing all that kind of stuff. So it's fun. I get to see both sides of the company, both at an individual level, and then also um, pulled back from you know that to seeing where we're going and one year, five years, ten years, that sort of thing.
0: Definitely. well, it sounds like you're a busy man. we want to talk about that a little bit, the future of the online art world and the art world in general. Do you have anything in your sites as far as like I know you're revamping the the website and all that, but where do you see everything going? I don't know if you're going to be incorporating NFTs into the platform. This is a very loaded question, Alex. So where
1: do you see uh, where do you see everything going? I'm a little old school. As I was mentioning, I grew up in my mom's uh, gallery. And I really see that what you gallery does is kind of a marriage of the old and the new. So a lot of how we function is like a traditional old school gallery. We have Relationships with our artists, we get to know everybody. We have good relationships with our clients. We've had really artists and clients both since we started in 2006. I think that's a testament to our business. And so, I really see the internet as this great way to connect more people instead of us being um, rooted in a physical location in one city or even a couple cities. We can reach out to more people. That said, we're still pretty focused on our targets. We have a specific client we speak to um, and we look for a certain type of artwork that we show. So we're focused in that way, but I am more or less uh, intent on continuing with that uh, mindset. I'm not as interested uh, in new technologies like NFTs at the moment. I think that there are a lot of trends that come and go and some stay around in the art world, but uh, certainly original art is an enduring thing. People have uh, decorated their homes and other spaces with paintings for really many thousands of years. So I think I like using the technology to spread more of that. But in terms of new media, that's something we've worked with in the past and it wasn't is successful for us. For example, in the early days, we launched a limited edition print business when that was the trend. Back in 2008 or nine. that business was going crazy. And we thought this is a great way to reach more people. And I think what we learned is that we have a great core competency in selling original paintings. And so over the years, we've tried to be really focused with that regard. So I know it is a loaded question about the NFTs. It's not <laughs> our business, but I know that there's business out there to be had with it.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's a great answer. And I really like that about you, Gallery. I like that you're keeping it consistent. You're almost sticking with what works. And I agree with you. I've been telling I've had people on here talking about NFTs. I've probably had five episodes about that. And I have dabbled in the NFT market a little bit. I mean, we're going with a company, but Yeah, I mean, you can already see the bubble has burst a bit and I do think they will stick around, but I don't know if the monetization is gonna be like that for long-term, especially for an online art marketplace. So I like that you're
1: sticking with what works. Part of our mission is to sell heirloom quality paintings to people. And I think the whole idea is that we can provide both our artists, a platform to have meaningful sales for their art business, and then for our clients to find things that are really impactful for them. We have customers who we've worked with for a long time who tell us, I'm buying these paintings to enjoy them now. And then I really hope that I can pass them on to my children and maybe even my grandchildren so that that they'll enjoy them as well. And I love that connection. I think that it's nice for uh, people to have generational art in their lives. And that's something that's pretty meaningful to me. And even though I realize NFTs could potentially be, you know, passed down, it doesn't really have the same weight to me of, you know, growing up in a house with art and seeing those things and then having them part of your life. It's Pretty special being able to smell the art be able to
0: see and touch the texture you know yeah. that, that you can't replace that with nfts even with all the fancy printing they have the, these days so it seems like you're a pretty highly curated site i have had some friends in la who i know have been part of you gallery and i was thinking about uh, applying as well so we'll get into a little bit of that too but how many artists do you actually have on your roster
1: we work with about 300 artists right now and we're always looking for new talent, but for the most part, we really like to be selective about who we show because it's good for us and good for the artists. We're not looking for uh, quantity so much as what suits our aesthetic and also what we think will be a good fit because uh, we work solely on commission. So it has to be you know a good fit so that artists are successful so that we're successful too. Definitely. And what is your commission? Uh, traditional 50% gallery commission.
0: 50%. Okay. Yeah. I mean, 300 artists is compared to a lot of these online art marketplaces. Like I know Sachi has 100,000, maybe 100,000 right. plus and ArtFinder is about uh, 8,000 now. So 300, it's kind of like what you are sold in certain universities of like smaller classes, more personal attention. You know, I like that.
1: Uh, and, and also I'm sure that, that your artists can feel that. I think so. We try and feature all of our artists every year. For me, it's a big deal that we give a platform for people to stand out. I don't want artists to get lost in the mix. And we try and pick artists who are complementary to each other, but don't have so much overlap. One thing I've experienced when browsing art in other locations, sometimes they'll have features where it's a a button where you can see similar artworks. And then suddenly you're presented with a 100 paintings that look exactly the same And I don't think that does the art justice, because each of those pieces are special in their own right. We also ask for exclusivity on all the art we show. So, when people come to U Gallery, they can expect it's the only place they're going to see these paintings. It's another kind of validation that if they choose anything off of our gallery that they can know it's special that we think it's special. We write a description for every piece we put on U Gallery. We require four images of every piece. So, the whole process is meant to be a really special experience for clients looking for art and then also a way to elevate the art itself for the artists.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. As far as like the submission process, if people were interested in submitting, what does that look like? And what's important for an artist to be showcasing when they're
1: applying to you, Gallery? Yeah, that's an excellent question. We have a simple application on our website. Basically, some contact information. We ask for an artist statement if you have one, or at least uh, a little description of what you're trying to accomplish. And then uh, for 10 digital images of the work, Plus, your website. So that gives us an opportunity to see the work. We always do kind of what we call an online audit. Uh, We look to see where else artists are selling. For us, it's the whole picture. And I think sometimes there's a confusion, but it would be akin to having your art in three galleries right next door to each other if you have your art on a bunch of different websites. So we're looking to highlight people to give them their due, but also um, that their online exposure isn't too broad, that they're not showing the same art on every site. We look for things like a cohesive body of work. Does the artist have a signature style? We pay attention to pricing and photography. All of that helps put together a really nice online presence. Which is kind of similar to a traditional gallery. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Same thing. It's a, an opportunity for us to help artists too. So if we see people that we really like, and we think we can help them improve their business, all of these things are um, seemingly obvious, but not necessarily known. So it's nice for us to be there to kind of guide people. And it's really amazing when we see artists who come to us, especially who are just getting started with their careers, and we can give them good guidance, and they can grow their sales and their pricing. Um, so we're here to be good partners and make sure that artists have the knowledge they need to be successful one of the things that i when i was looking and i was researching
0: you gallery and talking to some friends around there they had a great relationship with you gallery and they were selling well for me it was the exclusivity thing and i understand you know uh, typical galleries have some exclusivity. How as much is this going to hurt an artist? For example, I am on multiple sites. I have my own website. I show with galleries, you know, uh, brick and mortar galleries as well. But if you really like an artist, even if they are on multiple platforms, are you basically asking them to create a body of work specifically for you, gallery? Or is it basically like, take all your work down and, you know, it has to be exclusive with us?
1: Yeah, we aren't asking that we're the only online gallery that they work with, more so that they have uh, a whole goal and a strategy in mind. So that's really an important starting point to say, what is the goal that you're trying to accomplish with one or two or three online galleries? And then figuring out a way to diversify, because even if you're going to show your work on multiple platforms, I think there's a lot of value in putting different pieces on each platform uh, to differentiate them. Mm-hmm. For us, our client tends to be a bit older and they're not necessarily digital natives. And if you Google an artist's name, which most people are savvy enough to do, and you find that the art is on many sites our clients come to question, is it actually a one-of-a-kind piece, uh, different pricing structures. Sometimes artists will price the same piece differently, which will also lead to more confusion. So an easy way to remedy that is to have a different portfolio or a different set of pieces from the same series on different websites. And so it kind of gives uh, the artist a place to shine in different ways. And uh, that's what we mainly like to guide people on and deciding what platforms are working because Just because you add more platforms doesn't necessarily mean you're going to sell more pieces. Sometimes it might go the other way. Um, You can spread yourself too thin. Yeah. And I think having a good online and a good physical presence is a great way to diversify my marketing coach always says, don't have one or two points of failure. Uh, Don't rely on one source of income for your artwork. So I think that that's an important balance to strike, um, that you don't spread yourself too thin, but also that you have a good sense of diversity so that you don't necessarily fail if they fail.
0: Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. I think for me, I'm always preaching quality and consistency. And one thing for me that's hard for people to keep up with is i'm every single day i am devoting time to putting photographing my new work putting it up marketing it always having that consistency but a lot of people i've seen a lot of artists who are like oh yeah i'm gonna get going on this and they don't have the stamina to do that so yeah, yeah striking striking that balance is really
1: uh important yeah absolutely and as an artist you're kind of um you know, an army of one. So you're wearing all these different hats, like you're talking about, yeah. you have to find time to make the art, but then also time to market yourself and market the art. It's a lot of work. I think that's kind of where we try and come in. We definitely require artists to do some of the heavy lifting, they need to photograph their work. But when it comes to helping them promote it, we help write artist bios. And like I said, we write descriptions for every piece. So we try and do some of that, because I think it takes the the burden off of the marketing piece. and we try and find new clients too, which can take a lot of work if you're doing it on your own.
0: Yes. And that's, I kind of wanted to segue because the exclusivity thing was something I wanted to talk about. I wanted to segue into some things that I really like about you gallery. That is one of them. The personal attention of having a curated small roster of artists also probably helps you to reach more collectors for that artist, for each artist that's on your platform. Um, I also like that you do custom boxes, I think you're the only site that I've seen that does stuff like that. And I've seen other artists, friends of mine using your custom boxes that are really
1: nice. I don't know if you want to talk about them a little bit. Yeah, the boxes are fantastic. In the early days, we would ship through UPS stores. So an artist would sell a piece and then we'd send them to a UPS store and the art would get boxed in. Who knows? what way uh sometimes nicely sometimes in a cobbled together mess of peanuts and cardboard and it wasn't a nice experience for the artists or for our clients and so we came along to find that Uh, We could have these really fine custom art boxes. It's high density cardboard on the outside and then thick foam in three layers on the inside. And the middle layer foam is perforated and tears out in the shape of the art. And we send thousands of paintings of year now in these boxes and no damage. So the art is safe. People tell us, we get comments. I absolutely love my new art, but I'm embarrassed to say I almost love the packaging even more. (laughs) Um, And- It's a, it's a nice thing. I think, you know, we've all taken cues from companies like Apple where the packaging is so fine. And uh, it's really all part of the whole experience. When someone receives the art, you want to start off on the best foot possible. The box opens up. We make sure that art comes wired to hang. So it's that whole moment of, I'm going to just take it out of the box and hang it on the wall. And that goes so important. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, I've
0: seen the boxes too. They almost look like a really professional sound studio, you know, yeah, like inside no, they the box. They and, do. And that's great. Presentation is everything. I mean, I think some artists don't really understand how to package their stuff, but even if you don't understand and it's your first time shipping something out, and then the, the collector, that's their first experience opening your piece. And it kind of shows them, it doesn't show them necessarily, but it gives the impression that maybe you don't care as much about your work so you know why should we value the work as much so i think that's really cool that you're taking the time to really have these nice boxes made
1: oh thank you yeah it's fun it's nice for artists too we send the boxes to them so a piece sells and then a couple days later the box shows up and a shipping labels in their account and then they send it on so that's perfect yeah that's perfect and you know i'm geeking out on boxes a little bit
0: here but i save so much materials and when i have a really nice box it's like I'm going to put it in my studio. I'm going to reuse this thing. So I love that. That's almost worth it right there. And that's very rare between all the online art marketplaces that I know. Nobody does that kind of stuff. Um, You also do free shipping. Am I
1: correct? We do. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of giving people comfort in buying original art. As I was saying earlier, the whole e commerce space has changed. Uh, People are way more comfortable buying original art and everything else. But I think, Still, especially for um, our customer and people who might not have bought original art online, we're and I will say we're not converting people to buying their first art. Our clients, they already like art, they own art, um, but maybe haven't bought art online before. And so giving them this free shipping and also free returns, they can try the art out in their home for seven days. It's really important because it gives people confidence that, okay, I love the piece, um, but I'm still not sure I'm just going to try it out and see. And our return rate is very low. We take returns on less than 2% of the art we sell. So that's good. I think it's just a simple thing we can offer to give people the confidence to say, okay, I'm going to try it out. And if you love it in an image and it's well photographed, you're probably going to love it a whole lot more when you see it in person. Definitely. Yes. But that's also for anybody listening. It's
0: very important to make sure that you're capturing the colors properly. It's not fuzzy. It's framed well. If it's textured, you can see the texture. I always like to show something from an angle so you can actually see the texture coming out of the piece. Those things absolutely.
1: Are all great. Yeah. We we asked for four photos with every artwork, a cropped main image a context image, which has some space around the piece, a side shot, which shows three quarters so people can see the way the edge of the piece is finished, and a close-up showing the detail, like you mentioned. And we review all photos. If they don't match in color or they're grainy or fuzzy, we ask artists to reshoot. And then we also pick people picking good locations so they have a nice backdrop. And not everyone has the perfect space in their house, so it's finding either an outdoor space with good lighting or Um, an indoor space where they can hang it on the wall and it looks right. So, you know, again, it's all in the marketing. Whatever you're selling, you got to do a good job of dressing it up so that it looks appealing to people.
0: Definitely. If you just see a piece and you have one image, how do you visualize that in your place? Like, how do you feel? Like, if you're buying this online, you're not getting the chance to go into the gallery and see it from an angle and smell the piece. You got to do as much as you can to make the uh the barrier of entry very low for somebody to, to kind of take the next step and purchase so it sounds yeah. like you guys have that right you have a for the trade section on your website do you want to talk a little bit about that
1: yeah I, we work with uh people who work in uh interior design and decoration and this is just an opportunity for them we offer them a trade discount which is pretty normal and then they get just a few Extra benefits. They have a longer return window. Typically, we offer clients seven days. They have thirty days to return a piece if it doesn't work. But usually, the same thing. Uh, not high return rate there either. Mm-hmm. And we also just work with them on creating presentations and finding art as art advisors and good marketers. We're here for people, both individuals and uh, in trade professionals, if they're looking for something specific. We'll show them what we have. We also do a lot of commission business on new galleries. So, if people need something specific and we have an artist that can handle the project, then we'll work through that. And we do some great commissions uh, for uh, personal use. People commission family portraits and special memories and things like that. And then we do larger installations and things like that for commercial spaces too. Nice. So, most of these are actually being purchased, they're not actually just being held or rented. We don't, we don't offer any rental services. It's something that someone else talked to me about recently. And I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, but we just haven't figured out the logistics of that. Maybe that will be something for a future year of business to coordinate that, because I like the idea quite a bit. Yeah, it's, I had to
0: get the gallery on here, Joe Clark from Denver, and he started a company that was an art rental service. And they loved it and they were gaining momentum, but it happened kind of during the pandemic and they ended up not making it. But I do think it's a good idea. And I think there is some future in that. And maybe with a gallery that already has some traction as far as like selling and having an established collector base and clientele, maybe you could do something like that. But yeah, I think it's interesting at very least. I wanted to talk about the family company aspect. I really liked that when I was going through the site. Your your mom's involved, Your your wife is involved, correct? Yeah, correct. And uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? You can talk about your mom's art. You can talk about how it yeah. got started. You can talk about all their functions. I know you have uh, Samantha Green is your art advisor, uh, Leah Drake, marketing and tech. You want to yeah. talk about these people a bit?
1: Yeah, of course. Um yeah, I couldn't have started U Gallery or continued running the business without all these people you just named. I mean, certainly my mom, I learned so much about the art world from her growing up. And then, really, from the very first days of U Gallery, she was the one who worked with me on helping choose art. Growing up with her, I mentioned she had a gallery. She also had a retail space. So we went to gift shows together. I learned how to buy things. And she has a really sharp eye and a great aesthetic. So that was a fun way to start. And to this day, we've continued. She chooses all the art with me. We meet a couple times a week to look at everything. So that's awesome. It's really nice. It's a good way to stay close with my mom. She still lives in Arizona. And then also uh, just something uh, really interesting to do together to have that kind of dialogue about art all the time. And then wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And then a couple of years ago, I had started U Gallery with my uh, business partner from school, and we ran the company together. And then in 2018, he was getting ready to have his first child and he was looking for a career change. And so um, I did a management buyout of the company. And at that time, my sweetheart, Leah, she was working in tech uh, as a software engineer and she was looking for a career change. I've known her since before we started U Gallery, So uh, she'd kind of seen the evolution of the business. And we'd always talked about it'd be really fun to work together. And so she came on board and she's been managing the tech side of the business. And also um, she's really a clever marketer too. So she and I work together on the marketing side and uh, it's been so nice working together. You know, it's really hard when you have uh, someone you care about and then for eight or 10 hours a day, you say bye to them and you only see them for a little bit in the morning and the night. Yeah, that's my situation right now with my wife, yeah. I love that we get to see each other every day. And now that we have a a son too, it's nice. We work together and he stays with us all the time. So we take turns and it's just a really nice thing. So yeah, we're a very family-oriented business. And I like it too, because again, it's just rooted in this whole tradition of, we're trying to build a hundred-year company And I think that it's okay for things to move at different speeds at different times. And Mm -hmm. having a really holistic vision is nice. Our goal is to be good, solid business for artists and clients. And I think the foundation of having the family that really helps with that.
0: Well, I was just going to say, you took the words out of my mouth that you have a very solid foundation with the company, not only with your family, but what you're choosing to focus on, whether that just be like being run more like a brick and mortar gallery, having a heavily curated list of of artists. I mean, that's going to serve you well, I think, over time. A lot of these other things come and go. You know, I've seen a lot of artists, I mean, a lot of uh, marketplaces pivot and do the whole revamp and it's kind of ended up shooting themselves in the foot. So I like that you're sticking with what works.
1: Yeah. I mean, really, the evolution of developing an artist roster has been one of the most important things for the business Uh, as I said, we've worked with people now for pretty much the whole life of the business. But at the same time, it took a lot to encourage the first people to join. I laugh about it now. But in the first two years, I was on the road constantly trying to find artists to join. And we were paying people $100 simply just to create an account and post five pieces on gallery. Oh, really? Yeah, because we needed inventory. And it really was an issue of finding the right people. And Honestly, that wasn't even the right motivator. Uh, even as we offered that, that didn't do for us simply what word of mouth did. As artists started to sell their work and told their friends about it, that's where we really started to develop a solid base. And I love that I hear from different people all the time oh, I know so and so, and that's why I joined you, Gallery. You know, you find that these little communities kind of talk. And so I think that reputation is really important in this business. I mean, I agree. Even talking, you mentioned Samantha's name. Samantha's worked with me for over 10 years now. And so artists know her. She's, you know, uh, this great shining light of a personality. And I think people get that, that if they want to talk to us, they can call us. You know, they can email us, real people answer them and all of that. It's really um, something kind of unique, especially as we know, trying to get customer service people on the phone in most situations. It's not fun. So we shaking try my head. Nobody can see this, but I'm shaking my head. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, that's huge. I have been with, I've had problems uh, that were shipping problems or whatever, you name it, certain collector problems. And getting somebody on the phone who can actually like recognize you, recognize the situation, not take like two weeks and have the problem already be solved and be like, oh, by the way, did anything work out with this? That makes a huge difference. So I love, again, I love that personal attention. And Samantha looks like she also, in addition to having a great personality it sounds like she has a really strong background
1: in uh, in the art world as well. Yeah, absolutely. She studied art history in school and she's got a master's in art business. So she knows her stuff. She knows she a lot. She knows about what it. she's doing. Yeah, she knows what she's doing exactly. Yeah, I mean something. I think we all really have a passion for art and some of us have studied it in school but even Leah for example who didn't study art in school, she spent so much time around me I feel like she has uh, what I would call like an honorary degree in art history. Uh, in <laughs> college, she would drop in with me on my like, classes and things like that. And we have always had a tradition of traveling to go see the art that we were interested in. So I think that's you know something everyone in the company has this uh, great interest in some place in the art world. And I think it shows. Yeah,
0: I think so, too. You know, one thing in school that they never teach you, I don't know if they do now but when i was in school and when i was studying art and other people i know who've studied art is bridging that gap between your love for art and your love for creating art and art history and then actually making a career of it is it's so huge that you know that gap in between there nobody talks about it and i wonder if some of the people don't talk about it because maybe they transitioned right into teaching and they never tried to do it but right. i love that you gallery is taking an interest in that and also helping artists kind of bridge that gap a little bit
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think schools, it's true. Maybe teachers don't know. I also think that uh, there's still a certain purity in school where they don't want to corrupt young people into being too commercial. And it's a fine line because uh, it's really nice to be able to create in a space of total freedom. And I love that. And then also, it's good to give people some real world uh, exposure so that they're not totally shocked. And I've heard statistics where You know, something after like 10 years um, out of school, 98% of artists aren't making art anymore. But also at the same time, I try and be practical and realize that a lot of things people study in school, they don't use. So that's uh, true. Uh, you know, I think that there's a balance there and there should be some level of art business education, at least coaching people on the finer de- details of things like marketing and how to present yourself, how to write, uh, even if it's not trying to sell your art, but getting those materials ready, I think can go a long way for artists to be successful once they're ready to sell. Definitely. And
0: and if nothing else, just the fact that you have to develop a little bit of business acumen, you know, you can't just be in your studio painting and expect the art world to come to you. It just doesn't work that way. So yeah, that would be nice, but it's cool that, you know, you gallery is doing that as well. I see that you have kind of an impressive list of press features on your site. Um, Do you have any favorite highlights of that?
1: Uh, Certainly uh, getting in the New York times was a highlight. That was something we had wanted for a really long time. We have always uh, seen press as a great way to drive new visitors, new clients, all that. And so we pitched and pitched for years. And in 2017, we started to come up with this angle and we were pitching it successfully to other outlets about the artists we were working with who were having second act careers. So um, some of the artists on U Gallery had come from professions like doctors and lawyers and business people. And after retiring, They really rekindled their passion for art. It was one of those things where maybe they'd study art in school, but didn't make a career of it. And then after retiring, realized that was actually what they'd been wanting to do all those years. And so we were pitching that story and having good success. And we pitched it to the New York Times and got picked up. And we featured a couple of our artists in the article and just really wonderful. Oh, that's Um, awesome yeah that was a that was definitely a highlight for me. And we've had great press over the years. That's really driven our business a lot because especially in the early days when we didn't have much money for marketing, it was a way where we could hit the ground and just reach out to writers and uh, see what we could get for that. And it worked out really well. Who's behind this? Like who has the the skills
0: for finding these press outlets and resources?
1: Well, uh, different people over the years have done the job at the company. So it hasn't been one person. Um, And now since Leah and I manage the marketing side, we kind of oversee that direction of things. But yeah, different people have done it. And I think a lot of uh, press outreach is really just having good structure, so setting goals for yourself every week for who you're going to reach out to, and writing good pitches that make sense and that are personalized to the outlet. Um, it's not so much quantity as quality with everything like that. You I was going to
0: say it sounds similar to being an artist.
1: Yeah. You have to have a good angle. Like I was saying, for getting into the New York Times, it was about having the right story. Because in the early days, when you start a company, you can get press pretty easy, just by nature of the fact that you have a new business and there's something novel about it. But as time goes on, you have to tell real stories. Honestly, our whole business is predicated on good storytelling. All of our marketing is about, I say this to all of our teammates all the time, it's about telling one good story at a time. That's what people wanna hear. So finding, and it's hard to sift through lots of information to pick out one good story, but if you can pick one good story to tell to people at a time, you'll make friends for life. It's kind of the same as meeting, you know, strangers and having a good conversation. You need yeah. good anecdotes to keep the conversation going. Yeah, I think
0: that's I think that's great. That's great advice too. I wanted to ask you, I want to be a little mindful of your time. I know we got started a little bit late. Do you have a little bit more time or yeah, I'm fine for now. Okay, for now. Just let me know if you get a little tight here. How has the online art world changed in the years that you've been doing it? Like what what was like one of the biggest things you've seen has changed?
1: Yeah, well, certainly since we launched in 2006, I think almost everything under the sun has been tried in the online art world. Uh, We started out as a gallery for student artists after the first 18 months or so. And we were working with student artists, we realized actually the people who are really asking for the help aren't the people just graduating, but it's people who are farther along in their career um, who need a viable outlet to continue selling their work. So yeah, I mean, I think... The market has changed so much. I think in that as people become more sophisticated in buying art, they demand more from the experience. Um, so you know, in the early days, like we talked about, maybe there'd be one photo on a, yeah. a, a listing, no description, that sort of thing. I think <laughs> uh, companies got away with a lot more, and as time has gone on, customers have demanded more, and that's everything from good shipping, free shipping, um, good descriptions, and then getting to know the artists with both their presence on the website and on social media. You know, people can look up Instagram and Facebook profiles and see what's going Definitely. on. Definitely. Um, so from my perspective, Uh, A lot has changed. A lot of people have tried things. Certainly now, I think the space is kind of settling out with some really big marketplaces. And then what I'm most excited about are all the smaller businesses that are a little bit more curated. I love the concept of having more U Gallery style businesses where companies focus on a particular segment of the art world be it the type of art or the type of artists. And I think that will give people a really nice experience for shopping for art. That's my utopian vision for where I would like it to go. Um, Because the big marketplaces, uh, you know, I feel like they're not uh, necessarily um, in line with how artists think anyways. Most artists aren't trying to be part of the masses. They're trying to be creative and unique. And so I like the idea of uh, spaces where they can do that and be successful. And I think it's specializing. Yeah, I see a lot more of those businesses really being established and long term now. So that's cool for me. I really like that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I was trying to put a pin in something that you said earlier, and now I'm blanking on it. Oh, how important do you think it is going back to what you're saying about getting to know the artist? How important is it for an artist to be able to talk about themselves and their story and their art, giving people a behind the scenes look at what they do?
1: Yeah, it's a certainly it's one of those things that's always challenging. Obviously, creative types they pick their medium based on how they feel most comfortable expressing themselves. So I don't necessarily always expect, uh, say, a painter or a photographer or a sculptor to be super uh well written. But the truth is it is important. People want to be able to connect. Artists and artwork, it's it's all about this emotional connection, right? And yeah. clients want that. They want to be able to understand and articulate the art because that's part of it too. You buy a piece of art, hang it in your home, you want to be able to talk about it. So definitely I think it is really important. And um, it doesn't have to be something where you talk for endless amounts of time about yourself, but you need something that's tight and makes sense. As I was saying, one good story earlier, if you can tell one good story about yourself, uh, your origin story, if it's particularly interesting, or the current work you're doing, if it's particularly interesting, that can be enough. Um, And it can be really specific, just something so that people have an idea of who they think you are, at least. Um,
0: Yeah. And it's about striking the balance, like we were talking about earlier. I always give the analogy of somebody in a gallery cornering you, right? And then just monopolizing all your time and talking about their work to the point where they're not seeing the social signals that this person's uncomfortable (laughs) wants to leave. right? That person's probably not going to end up buying something. But if you stop them and have a really interesting, short conversation explaining a little bit, then there's a higher probability that they're going to be interested in what you do. And I know that i found with a lot of my repeat collectors, it's about kind of fostering a relationship with them. Have
1: you found
0: that as a gallery, an online gallery as a whole with your collectors?
1: Yeah. For one, I love what you said about uh, having these interactions with clients in a, a space. We did art fairs for a number of years. And one thing that was really interesting, the first day of the fair, we would really hone our pitches in. So people would walk in and I would kind of choose a story to tell them. Um, You know, if you say, just let me know uh, if I can help you with anything, people just walk out. And if you walk up to someone and you say, can I tell you a story? Pretty much no one will say no to you. And then so it's just about... what you tell them and i think that's a great way for artists to experiment if they can go to a fair or gallery and talk to people about their art see which stories resonate what details because sometimes it's the thing you don't expect and uh getting that practice is really great and then certainly you know in terms of developing long-term relationships with clients it's so much uh less expensive to sell to an existing client than to find a new one so Certainly, we really like to cater to our existing clients. We have an email list and we send three emails a week to people. All of the emails are signed by me with my contact information. And it's amazing how many people write back every week to say something about the art or ask me a question. So I think being really personal with people, kind of giving them this opportunity to chat with you. And then we try and do as much as we can to get on the phone and call people. Uh, You know, this is a big world we live in. We're kind of all isolated in our our own little spaces. So as much as we can, you know, be personable and outreach to the community, it makes a big difference. People really like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I love what you said about, you know, telling the story, because I know artists aren't good for the most part. Some people are. But at, you know, striking up a conversation with people, I know when I started, I would stand by my work and I would just muster up the courage to like hand a business card out to them or something. But you're right. Most of those business cards, if you haven't made an impression, are just going to go in the trash or they're they're not going to remember even who you are. They're not going to take the time to then look you up online and be interested. But if you select one or two people and you make an impression on them over time, that's going to have an accumulative effect. Whereas a bunch of cards to a faceless person is not going to do anything. So I, I really I really like that what you said. And that's a lesson that all artists can take to heart. Well, I wanted to ask you because we're going to go on to I always do a little thing at the end where I ask a couple personal questions but is there anything that you wanted to highlight about you gallery before we move on and you can start by telling people where they can find you gallery obviously I'll put in the show notes but where they can find you gallery and yourself if you want to divulge that information but yeah anything I left out anything you want to talk about or you want to highlight
1: I don't think there's anything uh too much more to go over uh, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Certainly anyone who's interested can check us out at u-gallery.com. Uh That's spelled with the letter U. You yes. can spell it Y-O-U and still get there, but it's- Oh, good. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so you can get there in both ways. And if you have questions, we're available at info at com, and we get those messages. Otherwise, yeah, I think uh, I've really enjoyed chatting with you.
0: Okay, cool. Me too. But I'm going to ask you just a couple questions that I always ask. Do you have a superpower, anything that you do when you're not feeling it, if you're not feeling like coming to the office or doing your work, being creative, is there anything that you go go to? This could be meditation. It could be anything, reading a book. Do you have something that kind of gets you into that mindset, that creative mindset that gets you into your work?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, Pretty much since day one, I've always subscribed to just showing up, even if I'm not feeling it. So I'll always just sit down and see what I can do that day because I found that even if it's just a little bit, uh, it feels like I accomplished a lot. And then truly, I've always enjoyed taking a walk. It's something that I've done. I've had different offices and different employees over the years. And whenever we need a source of inspiration or to have a conversation, it always goes better with a walk. Yes. Um, we walk. I mean, now we walk a couple times a day, especially with a little one. We walk with him a lot and it's good for him too. Um, but yeah, walking is kind of the magic cure all to clear your head and have a new perspective. And even hard conversations are so much easier to have if you're walking with someone. That's so true. I don't know if it's a combination of
0: the blood flow, the oxygen, but it feels like when you're walking, these ideas just come to you out of the ether a little bit. I love that answer. Are you getting your steps in? Are you one of these people who counts your steps?
1: No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I try. And listen, I try and listen to my body well enough, but yeah, I don't have a step counter. I don't wear an Apple Watch. Yeah. That's good. You probably don't need it in SF, right? Yeah, probably not. We still walk to get our groceries and everything else. So. Oh, that's
0: good. But yeah, we were
1: active people.
0: When we were in New York, we were just like <laughs> walking all over the place. In LA. It's like the old song, nobody walks in LA, but I try to walk as much as I can. Next question is, um, is there a failure that you can think of? A lot of people push back on the work failure, but you get the idea. Is there something that you tried to achieve that didn't come to fruition? and And did
1: you learn a lesson from it? Yeah, that's another good question. I mean, I would say... So many failures, mostly small, nothing uh, catastrophic. But I think the most common one that comes to mind is interactions I had with people that could go better. Um, that being clients, artists, the way I chose to handle things at the time, uh, not getting upset or losing my temper about things. I wish I had a particular story to give you because nothing's really coming to mind, but mostly just being very conscious of the fact that if something hasn't gone well for me, I do try and sit down and think about what I could do differently. And one thing we've done, uh, not just for this, but for a lot of reasons, we have a how-to guide for you gallery. pretty much have a manual for how to do everything in our whole business. I mean, down to very minute details. And so when these things do come up, especially with issues with correspondence and things like that, we write them down so that... People can learn from them that we can remember those experiences and go back and figure out, oh, well, when this happened, this was a better way to handle it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, more or less, lots of small failures. I mentioned we did sell uh, prints on our, our site. We actually even created a separate website uh, to sell prints. Oh, wow. That wasn't a good success. It just wasn't a good business for us. So, I would say that was more of a learning experience than a failure, but. Uh, we ended up with a lot of extra prints at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, what that's exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe that sure. was just something to teach you to stick with what works for you
1: as a company. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole teachable moments thing, there's just yeah. so many things, especially in 16 years in business where you get done with it and you're like, wow, that went badly. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling.
0: I think we all do. Yeah. That's a good answer. I I, I like it. And I will ask you one last question, and then I'll let you get on with your day. And this is advice to young Alex. This could be at any age. You could be four. You could be twelve. You could be twenty-one. What would you impart on your younger self after all your years of
1: wisdom? I'd say, I guess, um, not being so worried about failure, uh, you know, from day to day, because I'd say even as time has gone on and we've built. A solid business for ourselves. I always have this fear. And I guess maybe that's that same idea of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, we always worry about uh, if we're doing enough or if it's going to succeed. And then it's funny, so many years go by and you're like, oh, I did succeed. But <laughs> so I guess, you know, even though I would say I'm a pretty calm person, and I can have a long view of things, just being easy on myself about how things are going, because, Uh, you know, back to the, if you show up every day and do a little bit, you accomplish a lot. I always like to go back at the end of the year and look and see what our goals were and what we've accomplished. And it's incredible because on a daily or weekly basis, and you're in it and working on these projects, you think, I don't know, am I getting stuff done? And then you get to the end of the year, you look back and you realize, wow, we did 20 projects this year and we actually accomplished them. Yes, that's
0: amazing. uh, that's a good practice too, to look back and take stock of some of these goals because I'm the same way. The goals that I had 15 years ago, I mean, I surpassed those You know, five years back, 10 years back, and, and they're always changing. But to stop, take a breath, reflect a little bit and go, oh, wow, I've done a lot of the stuff that I've wanted to do. And to appreciate, have a little bit of gratitude and still keep moving the goalposts forward. I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. And seeing your evolution too. One of our first advisors told us in the early days, he ran a he runs a fashion company. And he mm-hmm. said, you'll look back on the things you did a year or two years ago and think, I can't believe we did that. That was so rudimentary. And <laughs> you just keep having that uh, kind of realization every year in the business. Look back and you go, I can't believe we did that two years ago. That seemed really <laughs> rudimentary. But it's good to remember just always being kind to yourself and realize... If you stay in business, if you stay dedicated to whatever you're doing, you're going to get better at it over time, no matter what. So true. So true. Well,
0: for everybody listening, check out YouGallery. Uh, that's spelled with a U, not Y-O-U, but you can find it that way too. YouGallery.com. I uh, really like what you guys are doing. And Alex, it's been a lot of fun talking to you today. Thanks for coming on. Same. Thanks, Preston. Yeah, definitely hope to uh, connect again in the future. Yeah, me too. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMSArtwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.